1: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 16 and preview of round 17. This episode is brought to you by water, hydrates you and helps you recover after getting hit in the family jewels. Uh, But you guys are wondering where I was going to go with that one. There was a lot of water this week. Uh, No, no. Actually, uh, this episode brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasyMLS. I'm your host Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by a few familiar faces. We have Mike Denton, Andrew Crawlard, and our special guest Derek Shyman. How are you all tonight?
0: Doing well, doing well, Reed.
1: Great, glad you guys to be here. Uh, usually, I was I try to find out where someone's from or plug the organization they're affiliated with. Derek is just a good friend from Twitter who is involved in some of the other fantasy games that we play in, like the Show League, and is a pretty active Orlando fan and uh, general fantasy player, so we're happy to have him on the show tonight.
2: Thank you all, good to be with you today.
1: So guys, let's just start talking about uh, round 16. How did your teams do? Mike?
0: Mine did um, pretty well. I got, uh, let's see, I think it was exactly 100 points. Yeah, exactly. 100 points. Um, I I captained Giovinco instead of David Villa. So I mean, he did well. So I I can't be too uh, upset about that as a New York City fan. Um, My big disappointment of the weekend was I had a switcheroo with Callens and uh, Lima. And I left to go to a wedding and there was no internet reception at the wedding. And so I got lost five points which i could have really used uh, on on the bench but i mean otherwise you know in pretty good week um all my midfielders were i think the lowest one was win at six um i, I had specter uh I, I think the big surprise for me was uh orlando uh, conceding so many goals uh, but I, i'm sure derek will talk about that even if he doesn't want to <laughs> how
1: about your team andrew I did all right. I ended up
3: captaining Alessandrini, like I said. um, I had, I think the only blanks I had were on defense and my keeper. Um, I ended with 98 on the week and rose a handful of spots, so pretty much sticking in that 40 to 70 range that I've been hovering for a long time now.
1: Eric? I had
2: 97 points this past week. I captained Alessandrini. So I really don't care that his goal was off sides. It still counts for 10 points for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Spoken like a true fantasy player. Exactly.
2: Well, my disappointment was uh, probably the same with Mike. I, I had a switcheroo with uh, Callens and Sutter. And Callens only got four. So I switched in Sutter. I only got three. So, <laughs> every
0: well, point- they, did, they didn't knock down Callens from four to three, which was one of the worst parts, too, because whenever he finished the game, I'm like, oh, well, it's four points. I should at least check to make sure Lima starts, you know, because, I mean, if you had three, like, oh, I'll just go ahead and sub them now. And then Lima's game happens, and then, like, overnight, they knock Callens down to three. I was <laughs> like, oh, come on.
2: I saw oh, that. Uh, I guess I can feel a little better about that now. So. <laughs>
1: I did pretty well. I ended up the round on 101 points. I uh, I had a, a switcheroo that failed, not because I didn't have the connection, but I had Callens in there saw the score and I was thinking that New England could pull out uh, some something right there. I had two New England defenders, one of them being Farrell. So, uh, I swapped a three-point player for a two-point player, not that big of a deal overall, but I did have Delamea as my other New England defender and then I had Zavoletta. As my third defender on my three-man back line so had some good production for my defense originally I had a bunch of Orlando players on defense and then when I saw the news last week uh, I switched some things up and so I went with uh, Bono and Zavaleta in the back and so that worked out well for me Uh, like most of you guys my midfielders represented pretty well Almiron Alessandrini Wynn, Vasquez uh, put up solid points uh, forwards, I had Via Ngo, but I also Captain Geo. That was an incredibly frustrating game for me to watch. Uh, the, the only real player that I think I would say just was a bust for me was uh, Sapong. I thought he could get uh, some more action than what happened. I'm going to chalk up some of that to the red card and just having to completely change how you play when that stuff happens, but I mean... I don't know if it was really working for him before then anyway. But anyway, 101 points, green arrows for me. Um, my team value, I know that was a question we had last round. I'm going to try to update. My team value now is 110.3. Uh, and my score is 1441, which is good enough for uh, rank 121. So about to crack to the top 100 again. So I mentioned already that, that uh, Toronto game, uh, the notes I have right here are Geo equals Grumble. It was. I just I just expected so much more against a DC team that has done so little until then. Well, I guess it didn't do much anyway, but he didn't do much for me. He got assists. I can't complain, but I wanted goals, so it just didn't work for me. Otherwise, uh, one of the games I enjoyed the most, I don't know about you guys, was Atlanta versus Columbus. It was just a ton of action back and forth, regardless of those goals. And then in the second half... Atlanta just showed that it is still the unrelenting attack, especially at home, that they were. And I loved seeing that going into round 17, especially Martinez getting out there and scoring it again. Did you guys get to watch that one?
2: I did not. I was at the Orlando City game.
1: Ah, well, you know, I'll (laughs) let you you talk about that one. Uh, I already mentioned another big game for me, Chicago. I wasn't sure if they could do it on the road. They did do it on the road, so... Uh, I, I don't know if that's good enough for me to make them be viable road targets. Definitely in the right situation, but uh, they they have a fire lit underneath them. Ha ha, ha ha. <laughs> thanks. Be ashamed. Um, ah, as well you know whatever. And it was it was nice to see them at the top of the table for a little while. Uh, but yeah, they're they're dangerous. I really want them to go all out in their next game so that they can take it easy against FC Cincinnati, uh, because I want them to lose that game. So. <laughs> Go for it! I'm I'm all about the Chicago Fire going all at it. So good job, guys. Uh, one of the biggest games, and I'll let you jump in here, Derek, in a second. Montreal versus Orlando. I had a conversation on Twitter where someone asked me, "I can't. Why, what do I think of just the failure of Orlando?" And I said, "I don't know how you can say that's a failure. They scored three goals. The real story here is Montreal's attack getting some sort of life breathed back into it with that Piatti zamali just connection working right now. So, Derek, your, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, Piotti and Jamali were excellent. Uh, I think Piotti had two goals and an assist, and Jamali had a goal and an assist, I, I believe, or at least a goal. But, um, it's really dangerous at their times. Orlando probably should have had about four or five goals in the first half. They, they blew a lot of chances. Perez-Garcia finally scored a goal. Uh Giles-Barnes looked really dangerous on the left. Um, Iguita looked pretty good. But the story of how Montreal scored three goals was Jose Aja was just so bad that he actually got subbed out with about 30 minutes left in the game. He, he did not have a good game. Uh, he was responsible for the first goal. Piotti stole the ball from him, found Jamiley, who was about 10 yards from goal, and just scored an easy goal. Second goal got caught out of position. Third goal, I I don't even remember that. It's
1: Too it was many tears a, in your eyes by then.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I was I was shocked about how bad a defense that was.
1: But I have to ask you: if, if they're able to put up three goals without Laren, does that make you feel more at ease with potentially losing him in the midseason or at the end of the end of the season?
2: Depends on who we sign in the summer. I mean, it, it did make me feel really good to see the team score three goals without them. We looked dangerous all night. Uh, I, don't, I think we had like 17 shots, something, something like that. At our team. oh, there was a
1: bunch. It, it was it was a fun game. It, that was I was watching four games at one time because I was running the the Twitter account for fantasy, and I had one game up on my computer, one game up on the TV, and then I was following another game. Just on my phone with the highlights, and then I kept seeing the Montreal-Orlando score going up and going up, and I thought, shoot, I am watching the wrong game.
2: Yeah, there was 28 shots between the two teams, six goals. It was a really entertaining game, but just looking at the defenses, there was no way there should have been six goals in this game. There was just so many mistakes defensively from both teams.
1: Well, it definitely gives you questions for either team going forward as far as fantasy goes, if you were even looking at Montreal from that. Let's move on to L.A., one of the last two games I want to mention before I let you guys open up. Uh, just a quick weigh-in. We'll, we'll start with you, Derek, since I think I already know what your answer is going to be. Um, offside call, yay or nay, it was or was not?
2: Um, it was. It was definitely offside. I was looking at the video, but I got 10 points from it.
1: You don't care. Mike?
0: 100% offside.
3: Andrew. Yeah, there's no debate on
1: that one. Yep.
0: I mean, Alessandrini's face afterwards was like, wait, are you really not going to call me offside? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) cool.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, they've got video-assisted ref going on other places. We don't have it here. And, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, I am just fine with that. But, hey, Houston got a couple of goals. Um, Anything good we can take from that?
0: I don't know how much good we take from Houston as how much bad Diop is. I mean, for so- someone a team that supposedly has like a great academy, it's like, do you not have someone who can keep a goal like at all? Like, I mean, put put Cosmo in in goal. I mean, cause that how bad Diop was.
3: Yeah, uh, that one was such a howler. That was like yeah. textbook <laughs> parry it, punch it, do literally anything than what he did.
1: They could bring Mike McGee back. I hear he has some some goalkeeper time under his belt.
0: Yeah, probably an upgrade. I mean, <laughs> or you know, Landon Donovan. I think played in the Brian Ching um, charity match. You know, put, put <laughs> him in. <laughs> you know, bring him back out of retirement for one more time. I, I mean, but it, it it was just such a big difference. You know, for Houston, who struggled on the road. I mean, they did look better. Uh, they probably should have scored three goals. They they missed a great chance at the end of the game. Um. But LA still has a lot of problems at home. I think they've won one home game all year, which is not what we're used to seeing at StubHub.
1: Definitely not. And the last game that I'm going to mention is the Philly-New York game. Um, I think the stat I saw recently was that uh, BWP has now scored as many goals in the last four games as he did in his first 12. So great for him to see some of that form coming back. A little bit of questions with it being Philadelphia, who they did it against. Um They've been coming back, don't get me wrong. I, I'm love this, loving the success that I'm seeing Philly enjoying right now, but they're not the strongest team. Sorry, guys. Uh, so seeing New York do well against that is is not necessarily like, hey, I'm on the New York bandwagon again, but it's one to consider. And again, 10 men on Philly definitely impacts the game. Totally justified red card, so can't complain of anything with that. Those are some of the big takeaways I had, guys. What do you think? Anything else that you want to mention?
0: Uh, on that Philly game uh New York Rebels had like point six six expected goals um before the red card they finished with 1.84 so they were clearly feasting on the open space uh that Philly had cuz Philly did literally nothing else uh, I, I don't even know if they had another shot uh, on goal after that or shot at all um it, it was pretty one sided after the red card uh, Andrew I guess we. I, well, I, one more match we we didn't talk about was New York City-Seattle. It was kind of a weird match with the rain. I think most people are just lucky that, uh, think that no one was injured. But, I mean, if you didn't watch that game, it's just one of the stupidest games to watch because the ball kept stopping in the middle of passes. And so all of a sudden, everyone's like, wait a minute, the ball stopped. And, you know, tr- luckily no one was hurt, but it was a stupid game. So if you want to watch something stupid, go watch the replay of that match.
2: I mean, I expected New York City to win that game anyway, but the, the conditions of that game were ridiculous—just slipping everywhere.
1: I think uh, I think that game is called steal the bacon around here. Ball in the middle, everybody just runs towards <laughs> it. I think that's that was what must have that been uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean they delayed the game in uh, in Atlanta, but I guess it's all it's all good up in New York. So, <laughs> anything from you, Andrew? Yeah, uh,
3: one thing that I would think would mentioned um the new york red bulls moved question further back in the midfield than he has been playing and he looked good there um so i wouldn't be surprised to see that happen again um not that he's been great going forward this year at all really or been goal dangerous but something to keep our
1: eye on and derek finally anything from you
2: Mm, no most of the results i looked at this week were expected Uh, i have nothing unusual all right
1: and now moving on to housekeeping as we get ready for round 17 uh this is a double game week a pretty good double game week uh colorado dc no really it is a good one Uh, L.A., Orlando, Portland, Seattle, Atlanta, and Minnesota all have double game weeks this round. The double home team is Minnesota, that's interesting, and the double away team, sorry Derek, is Orlando. Uh, So keep that in mind when you are making your transfers. The games do start on Wednesday the 21st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, so be sure to get your team set, your captain set, everything finalized, your switcheroos primed for that 7.30 kickoff time. And, of course, this is the last round for the midseason prize. If you have the highest score at the end of round 17, this upcoming round, then you will be one of the big winners this year. Uh, this winner, the, the half midseason winner, gets a, a trip to the All-Star Game. Two tickets and a nice little package to go up to Chicago and see the All-Star Game. The details are on the Fantasy website. To get it all, uh, everyone in the top ten is definitely within that range. Some of the guys outside the top ten, you are definitely within striking distance of that if you have a great double game week. Uh, this is a good week for that to end on, and of course, Patreon. Thank you so much for everyone who donates to us, continues to donate to us, and is thinking about donate to us. Uh, Take a little bit harder. Uh, And if you do decide to, what you give to us helps to support this show and the activities that we do online and with the users and just all over to just make it fun and interesting for everyone. If you want to find out more, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Thanks a lot. And now the best part of housekeeping, Mike's entry report plus a question from Reddit. Mike?
0: All right, well, the, the Reddit question was about Giovanni dos Santos. Will he be back? The answer is no. He is in Russia with Mexico. Um, he was subbed into Mexico's match against Portugal. Uh, they're at the Confederations Cup for however long Mexico is in that tournament. Ellie's expecting him to be out for June, so he will definitely miss both games this week. Um, the only other person on international duty right now is Rusnak for RSL. He's at the UEFA Under-21 competition. Um, So he'll miss some time. I'm not sure when they wrap up that tournament, but I I believe he will miss this week at least. Um, Those are the only international absences right now. Um, The Gold Cup uh, lineup, I think we'll get the U.S.'s lineup on Sunday, but they'll leave after, after Sunday coming up. So anyone who's been called up should be good to go. Uh, Until that. Um, Mexico didn't call up anyone um, from MLS. Costa Rica called up a whole bunch of people. Rodney Wallace, Materita and off the top of my head, I know. Um, So go go look up that list, and the U.S. releases its list on uh, Sunday. So um, some international call-ups are coming up, but as of right now, for this week, for these transfers, you only have to worry about Giovanni Dos Santos and Resnick. Um, As far as injuries and suspensions, we have a whole lot. Um, Talking first with um, Williams of Vancouver. Uh, He was arrested for a domestic incident Friday, but those charges have already been dropped. Now, he was entered into MLS's Substance Abuse and Behavioral Health Program. Um, No word on whether because the charges dropped, he'll be released from that. But, you know, once you're in that program, you're indefinitely suspended until MLS says otherwise. So keep a track of that. Um, obviously, the big one is Kyle Lahren uh, was arrested for DUI uh, last Thursday or Wednesday night. Um, he's entered into the program. I, I would expect him to miss three to four games, probably four games, with the way it all falls. Um, and so, you know, he will not be back until MLS releases him. And, and of course, this could impact his participation in the Gold Cup with Canada. So um, keep an eye on that one if you're interested in him. Um one of the other big news from uh, last week uh, was Maxi Morales. he was injured with a calf injury New York City said it wasn't serious, but we're not quite sure um if he'll miss the game against the Red Bulls. Uh, talking on some double game week players we have a whole bunch of stuff from l a Mendiola has an undisclosed injury he was not in training our uh yeah. Arlana uh, has a nose injury. He's getting an x ray I'm, I'm assuming he'll be able to play Diallo. Uh, he's out for a few weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, Jermaine Jones is was in training. He's coming back. Um, didn't think he would be available for Wednesday, but he may be available for Saturday. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing, but he may be available, so keep that in back of your mind. Bridgewell for Portland. He is out both games this week. Um, and one further, uh, L.A., Alessandrini is on yellow card warning for this week. That's going to be one of the big things that we'll talk about. Uh, also, on yellow card warning is Carmona of, of Atlanta. Um, Ricketts, um, he is coming back from injury. He may be available to play um, this week. Uh, Derek Jones for Philly, as we already talked about, has a red card. Uh, Demarcus Beasley was subbed out at 65 minutes. I'm not sure what his injury is. Um, but be aware of that. Hoyberry, um he played 90 minutes, doesn't have an injury, but um, Pablo said in his press conference that he was going to see how Hoyberry respond, responded to the game to, in recovery to see if he'll play on Wednesday. So don't be shocked if he doesn't get started on Wednesday because I'm, I'm not sure if we'll hear anything more from uh, Colorado. Uh, Waston for Vancouver, he is out four to six weeks. Uh, Sweat for New York City, left with a hip injury, no timetable. Youngworth, uh, he missed the match with an ankle injury. He had a lot of swelling. I don't know if y'all saw the picture on Twitter, but it looked pretty bad. Um, No timetable given for them. Uh, Modarita, in addition to the Gold Cup call-up, he has an ankle injury. I'm not sure if he'll be available for the Red Bulls game, but I'm I'm assuming that if he is available, they'll try to play him. And uh, I think that's all that I have, unless y'all have anything different.
1: Nope. That's all that I have. Comprehensive as always, Mike. Thank you very much. And if anybody wants to keep up with the latest injury news provided by Mike Denton, then uh, follow at MLS Injury News on Twitter because he is awesome.
0: Well, thank you. Oh, one one correction. Uh, I said Carmona was on warning. He's not on warning. He's been suspended for yellow card.
1: Well, now okay. he's only cool if he's going to make mistakes like that. No, No, still awesome. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> okay round 17 preview we're going to do this team by team like we do during the massive double game weeks so we're going to start out with mike tell us about colorado
0: well colorado's on kind of a winning streak um the human spirit has powered them to a a string of good results um i don't know if it's powered them to a whole lot of good fantasy uh options um you know, Hoyberry, uh, we know he's good last year, but if you look at his numbers from this year, they're, they're not all that great. Um, now, I mean, they have a home game against L.A. Um, the problem is L.A.'s been one of the two good teams on the road, um, so I don't know if that's that great of a matchup. And then they go on the road to Atlanta, and we, we've talked about the uh, attacking force that Atlanta presents. I, I don't think, you know, there's many anyone you really want in the offense um, for for defense, one of the things that's been going on is they're trying to figure out um, center back pairings. Um, this weekend, they experimented with Watts as a defensive midfielder, and it did not go well. I think he was pulled before sixty minutes. Um, so, I mean, I, I think your main offensive, uh, excuse me, fantasy options are going to be on defense players like Holberry, uh and Watts. Uh, although Watts has been putting up the numbers because they've been kind of shuffling uh, around as much. Um, to me, the best player in Colorado was Azira, um, 6.6. So he's a budget midfielder. Um, the, he, pretty consistent, although not as consistent as some of the other players. Uh, but I think he's probably your best bet and can free up some money if you want to splash the cast elsewhere. Uh, I, I think their results, I think they, they lose 2-1 to L.A. and lose um, 2-0 to Atlanta. Uh, I don't expect a whole lot out of Colorado this week.
2: Derek, D.C., Um, D.C. this week is at home versus Atlanta and away at Philadelphia. Uh, They they just can't score. I I can't trust this team at all. They have scored one goal since the beginning of May. And that was on a penalty kick they flopped on. Other than that, they've been shut out like six times. They they haven't won a game since uh, at, at Atlanta on April 30th. So, I do not have much hope for them this week. I will not have any on my team. Um, I have them losing two or three nil to Atlanta. They can't score, and they got the highest scoring team coming to their house. Uh, I just don't see them doing much. And at Philadelphia, I actually have them scoring a goal, but I have it ending 1 1. Um, As far as fantasy standouts, anyone playing against them, really? (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I have four Atlanta players this week just for that game.
1: Hey, I like it. That's that's a great a great strategy. Yeah, I feel bad for DC, but it's it's great for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, L.A. I think we got a couple of Reddit questions here too. A couple of
3: Reddit questions. I must have skipped over those. Um, anyways, so L.A. Don't have the kindest fixtures for a double game week. They are away at Colorado, and then they host Kansas City, um, both of which have more or less capable defenses. Kansas City's pretty good. Uh, the big worry for this game is Al Sandrini on that yellow card warning, um, if you're ignoring Diop in goal, that is. Uh, <laughs> Al Sandrini, I'm going to take him probably because I think his upside is good enough to where you kind of have to um i'm definitely not going to captain him like i did last week simply because i don't want to risk him getting a yellow card and missing out on that second game so he's someone to pick but not captain uh on the defensive side i think van dam is back so hopefully he helps clean things up uh Mike was saying that maybe Jones might be back at some point this weekend uh, or this week. So I'm not sure exactly how that's going to look for LA. My guess is bad because uh, <laughs> I have not been impressed by what he's done to their team shape this season. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that he's not going to suit up at all this week and allow Alessandrini to uh, do his thing. Score prediction. Score prediction. Uh, Colorado, I'll go for a 1-1 draw, and against Kansas City, I'll say a 1-1 draw as well.
1: Oh, not much out of the the teams this, this week. That's fair. Okay, Derek, let us be a homer. Tell us about Orlando.
2: Just like DC United, they're also in a really, really bad uh, form right now, except they're actually scoring goals. Uh, 3-3 versus Montreal, they only been shot out two or three times. They, they have they've won one game since May, just like DC United. So I will not have anybody from Orlando on my team this week with a double away game at Seattle who have beaten us really easily in our two meetings and at Chicago who is on fire. So I will not take a risk on anyone because I'm expecting rotation. Even Spectre is probably going to get rotated this week since he played a 90-in-the Open Cup game on the 14th. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just avoiding this. As for the score predictions, I have 1-1 at Seattle, probably 2-1 to Seattle. I don't know. They, they've always done really well against us, but Seattle's not doing that well this year either. And as for Chicago, I have absolutely no hopes for that game. 2-0, 3 to Chicago. They're, they're just on another level right now.
1: Like I said, I, I want them to go all out so that they're, they're just the, – the C team goes to Cincinnati. That's what I want. That's what I want out of this game.
2: I'm waiting <laughs> for the Nikolic hat, hat trick. <laughs> hey,
1: I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. That could be a viable single-game week option. We'll get to that in a second. Mike, talk about Portland.
0: Well, uh, Portland's defense is pretty tin-pot. Um Especially with Ridgewell out, they don't they don't really have anything um, there. So I don't think you want anything with that. Um, but the the answer here is the the offensive capabilities. Um, I, I think you've got four players for Portland who are viable fantasy options: Valeri, Guzman, Adi, and Blanco. Um, all the numbers are are very impressive. Um, I think your your big question um, is what they do at Minnesota. And the good thing is, you'll actually see that lineup to see whether or not they punt that game um, in favor of going all out at home against Seattle, or if they go for it. Um, I'm I'm thinking that they probably go for both, um, especially since they've been knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup, um, and and they only played uh, reserves in that Open Cup match anyway. So um, I'm thinking that min- that uh, Portland will be able to beat Minnesota, most because Minnesota has looked um, so bad. Um, the four minnesota had sort of fallen or sort of found is is gone so i think with portland's relentless attack i think portland can succeed remember they they won five for five one in the first game of the year and while i wouldn't say that i i think this could be three two really uh, I, yeah i i think this 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 will be a high scoring wacky midweek match um i because I, I think It'll just be, kind of be crazy like that. So, I mean, if if Portland plays, see if, if Portland puts out an A team, um, I, I do have some concerns about uh, rotation, but one of the reasons I'm okay going all in on Portland is because I actually see their lineup. Um, you know, we, I don't think we mentioned it. The two lineups you're going to see are Atlanta, D.C., and Portland, Minnesota. Um, and with kind of the way rotation's been midweek um, for road teams, you know, that's kind of what I want to see. I tend to lean a little heavier on that, because that way I know that my players are actually playing. And with these double game week teams, if they're not playing two games, I'm, I really don't want most of these players. But, um, yeah, so um, 3-2 Minnesota, and I think they beat Seattle as well, um, 2-1. So I, I think this could be a, a good week for Portland.
1: The only only slight difference I have with that Minnesota game is, is I could see – Bit of a bunker there, and just playing for a counterattack. Maybe it ends up being two-three as well. But I could see them holding back a little bit because if Portland gets a point at Minnesota on the road, saves it all for Seattle with a big Cascadia match, and beats Seattle and gets three points there, that's four points. Depending on how everybody else does, they could be back at the top of the West. So I think I think see, I think Minnesota might be a bit more reserved, but that doesn't mean that they still can't put up a two-three goal line
0: with that. Read, I object. I, I think the problem is that um Portland doesn't have the ability to bunker. Um, I, I just don't think they have the reserves. I mean, if if they're gonna do a bunker, it's because they're putting out a B C team. So I think you'll see in the lineups. I, I just I think Portland's gotta be one of those teams where they're they're attacking. They're kind of the same as is Atlanta. They really need to be going out and going and scoring goals. they remind me a lot of, of New York City last year with um hilariously inept defenses um they just really need to win three two games um and i I think that that's what portland needs to do um so i'm not as worried about them bunkering now maybe minnesota might try to bunker but i think adrian heath at home is not inclined to bunker so that's why i i think there's goals here
1: all right andrew our our, our resident cascading can you separate this can you break this draw right here
3: On whether Portland's going to send out a B team in Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, I would be surprised if they do for most of what Mike says. Um, Maybe they rotate one or two guys, but I don't think it'll be anything too crazy.
1: Okay, fair enough. Tell us about Seattle now.
3: Yeah. Seattle coming back to Seattle to dry out after attending the David via school of diving this weekend. (laughs) Um,
1: that would have been the good (laughs) intro right there. (laughs)
3: Um, we've got a home game on Wednesday, I believe against Orlando. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then we've got the away game against Portland on the weekend. Uh, I think Seattle probably has the least chance of much rotation out of anybody this, this double game week. Um, we rotated people for the Open Cup last week, and then next week the Sounders actually have a bye. Uh, so I, I expect us to be all guns shooting forward um, for both games this week. So you can look to some of the, the standard players for Seattle like Ladero, Roldan, Jones, Marshall. Um, Those are all the four guys that I would be looking at from the Seattle team. Um, I'm not big on Morris and Dempsey's body language lately for both club and country has been poor to say the least. Uh, So I I think he's got some head stuff going on and I think it's creeping into his play on the field. Um, So I would avoid him as well. Uh, Score predictions. I think we win two to one over Orlando at home. And I think we, Win eighteen to zero against Portland. Um, no, uh, I think we probably lose two to one in Portland.
0: Wow, we we agreed on the score for the Portland match. That's that's good. Um, I, I want to follow up on something that that Andrew said about Dempsey, um, and I don't know if this is any longer a kind of like hot take you know it, there was a time where this would be considered like a hot pocket hot take you know it's super super lava hot on the outside <laughs> Um, but I think the best striker for Seattle right now is Will Bruin what? Um, Dempsey looked absolutely uninterested Um and when Will Bruin came on that was when Seattle was able to create its most dangerous chances against New York City um, Morris is not doing uh, enough by himself or I don't know what the deal is if he's not finding the right spot so they're not finding him but it, it's not working whereas Will Bruin is is creating chances making good runs um and, and you know so some of the teams in the need, league need to look at what um Patrick Vieira has done and just bench Pirlo cuz he's not good. Uh Dempsey this year has just not been good and he needs they I think they really need to think about benching uh Bruin. If Seattle does play Bruin, he might be a fantasy option this week.
1: Uh, I love Mason Bruin.
0: Uh, no they I, had a very I totally, totally
3: I'll go. go I, I totally agree with your take there. Um, Will Bruin is the best forward for us. Maybe not in terms of skill or what he's going to give us in fantasy, but what he gives the Sounders tactically. Um, I had yeah. that opinion from the start of the year. The couple times he's been on the field for us, I think he's proved it. So I, I think he needs to be starting for us. And if he does, Ladero becomes a much better option, as does Morris.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say they had a good bit of information about Dempsey on Extra Time Radio two, maybe three episodes ago. Now just talking about how his role has become, is becoming it seems to be that super sub um, on the national team. And that does not seem to necessarily be to his liking. And so I imagine a lot of that is maybe playing over into his club form, especially with some of the the struggles I've had with the club form. But I, I think that's just the natural way the progression of the natural the national team and how the new guys come in and they the older guys phase out and I just I just don't think he's ready to accept that but um but yeah I, I think that's what's I think that's what's we're seeing here in the league play and maybe what some of you're hinting at too there, Mike.
0: Yeah, I mean if if he wants to be even a super sub at the national league, he's got to be doing better. Um I mean he had what, was it sixty minutes against Trinidad and Tobago. And, and he was non-existent. He took him off, and I, I think that's when he scored goals. Um, Bobby Wood was a much better forward for him, and I think this Gold Cup will be a tryout. And one of the main things is trying to figure out who that fourth forward is. Is it Morris? Is it Sapong? Is it Dwyer? Um, because that's an area of need that we need. You know, I mean, are, are we just going to bring Wondolowski again? I know Tyler Kelly wants that, but I, I don't know if that's really the best direction for the national team. Clearly. Agudelo,
3: cough, Agudelo
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I mean, Agadello, if, if he's healthy I think he, he needs, he'll be at the Gold Cup too and You know, if okay. he can get consistency, I'd, I'd love to see him
1: Okay, Mike, uh, the next game for you I think it's the best team of the double game weeks But tell us about Atlanta And if you think Martinez will play
0: um, With Martinez, uh, clearly he's healthy I, I'm imagining Atlanta will do the same thing they did this week Um, which is they started Martinez in the Open Cup and then had him come on as a sub against Columbus. My guess is that they do the same thing this week. Um, I don't know that for sure, but at least we'll be able to see um, that lineup. Um, I I think we've all talked about this is the best team. You probably need four players from Atlanta. Um, Really, Martinez or Villaba is really the only decision you have to make um, whoever starts against DC is probably the one I would pick since even though they're away and Atlanta's had some struggles away um, away at DC is not really an away game at all. Um, DC has like, like Derek said earlier, DC hasn't won since April. They've only scored one goal and it was on that flop um, for Vancouver that uh, Sarvas got suspended for. So uh, I think for Atlanta players is the way to go. Uh, all is clearly a must have this week. Um, I think there are a number of other players. Um, Gonzalez Perez at 6.1 as a defender. Khan and keeper. Um, Marte. you know, and you can kind of look at some of the other players like Gressel, um, maybe even go Villaba and Martinez if they both start um, if you want to go super offensive. But I, I think there's a lot of value here, and it's really just picking which four Atlanta players you want this week. Uh, for scores, I would say they win 2 nothing at D.C., and um, I'll give another two nothing at Colorado.
1: Twos all around. Uh, I want to make sure that we do mention uh, Assad if we're talking about those those key Atlanta players. Uh, I think it's I'm looking at the stats right now. One, two, three, four. And in his last five games, he's only failed to get an assist in four of them. So, and he was a big assist machine at the beginning of the season as well. So he's he's got assists. And then he's got a couple of goals as well in the season. So he's another one I think people should keep an eye on if you're looking at your I was gonna say short list of Atlanta players, but uh long, ever see seems to be ever growing list of potential Atlanta players. Do you think they have a clean sheet chance?
0: Yes. I mean DC, I mean Do you the think last they have time, a double yeah.
1: clean sheet chance?
0: Yes. They're playing two of the worst offenses. I mean, you know, as far as the double game week teams, they absolutely have the best clean sheet chances.
1: That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for right there. Excellent. All right, Derek, last double game week team, double double home, Minnesota.
2: A good team this week. Uh, Double home games is always something you should look forward to in fantasy, even for a team like Minnesota. Um, They've definitely struggled offensively lately. Haven't had multiple goals in a game since Toronto. So they're hitting a bit of a poor offensive form. I think this week is a good opportunity for them to gain the offensive form back, Uh, Portland and Vancouver. Portland's not that good of a defense, and Vancouver's better than I give them credit for on defense because I I don't think they're very good either. But, uh, yeah, double home games are always fun. should look forward to when you're attacking players. So this week I like Molino. I like Ramirez. And then two lesser-owned players that I really like. Um, Ibsen averages about six points a game, six or seven points a game, as a defensive midfielder. So he's just getting a ton of bonus points every week. And if you go to the form tab on the fantasy website, he's actually their highest-ranked player right now. He's he has a form about six point five, so that's what he's averaging the last few games. And I also have Calvo because in his last five home games. He has nine, five, nine, six, and a ten or something like that. So he has thirty-nine points from his last five home games. He's also getting the bonus points. Whether they get a clean sheet, is something different. But I, I I can't pass up that those amount of points. Score so, prediction. First, Portland. I have them. It I have it as a high-scoring draw, probably two-two. Other chances, neither team's a good defense. Uh, There's going to be a lot of goals in that. And I have them beating Vancouver 2-1. I'm confident on that, but uh, I think they can pick out the win on that game.
1: I can see how that would be tough. Vancouver's kind of a weird team to get a a read on. Uh, Last question before we move on to the single-game week teams. Would you consider four Minnesota players this
2: round? I would... I'll probably end up with three. Uh, if you do go four, two of them have to be Ibsen and Calvo. Uh, Molino hasn't had a game with more than five points in a, like six or seven weeks. I don't even remember the last time he's had more than that. Oh, it's been long. Yeah, it's four weeks since he's had more than ten points. So, I'm not sure that's what you're looking for in a guy with ten point one price. And if you want Ramirez, he's had either seven or two the last few weeks, so he's not really getting bonus points either. Not really sure what to think of those two, but if you do pick them, it could definitely pay off.
1: All right. Excellent. Now we're going to move on to the single game week teams, team-by-team breakdown. Uh, First quick question for everybody. We'll start with you, Derek. Uh, Early thoughts. Do any of the single game week players look like they would be worth a spot in your squad, yes or no?
2: Nikolic, yes. What about
1: you, Andrew? Most likely not.
3: Maybe Josie or Vasquez sneaks in, but that's it.
1: Okay, what about you, Mike? Any any single game week players worth a spot on your team?
0: Um, I think there are a few interesting. Um, I don't have any single game week players in my team right now, um, but I am, I am interested in a few of them. I, I think the Main matchups I'm kind of looking at um, are Chicago against Orlando and Columbus uh, at Montreal. Um, we know how well Chicago has done at home. Um, I, I think you could probably pick anyone because since you'll probably have a tired uh, Orlando team um, that has kind of hit a rough patch of form, and Chicago's on uh, incredible form. So you you could easily go Nikolic since it's kind of a, a low forward week. Um, and if you're looking for a different forward single game week, I think Nikolic could score some goals. Um, I also think you know, Montreal giving up three goals to you know Orlando without Kyle Laren. Um, well, that might be good for Orlando. I think it's more bad for Montreal, they just can't keep anything out of the net this year. Uh, and we know Columbus's attack, they probably should have scored three against Atlanta. Um, and Columbus is at home, and we all know how well they do at home. So, um, Miram um, or Higuain um could could be options i think they probably get squeezed out because there's so many midfielders this week um so you know for me mostly i'm looking at nicolich um for chicago as a forward and maybe some chicago defenders um, since this week's defenders pool is kind of small
1: all right andrew tell us about toronto
3: toronto single game week uh which means most likely ignore them all um Geo too expensive for a double game week when he's not on a double game. Uh, Altador and Vasquez are okay options. Uh, most likely not worth it. They're playing against New England, who kind of shaky in the back. I'm I'm not a big fan of what they got going defensively. Uh, I'd say two to one, three to one for Toronto. Uh, most likely won't pick anyone from that game. All right,
1: Mike, New England.
0: Uh, one thing on Toronto before we leave, I don't think we've mentioned it yet. Toronto and Montreal do have a midweek game because they play in the Canadian Championship. Um, so they might have some rotation. Um, I'm, usually what they do is punt the first game and then put out A-plus lineups. But just kind of watch for that um, for both of those um, teams. Um, yeah, uh, Lee Wynn's had a pretty good year. Um But at the road to Toronto is probably one of your worst matchups uh, all year. I I don't think any of these players are going to be worth uh, a single game week um, differential pick. So um, 2-1 Toronto, uh, I think you're looking elsewhere.
2: All right. Derek, Houston. Houston scored multiple goals in every home game this year. But unfortunately, they're playing the second best defense in the league in SC Dallas. So I'm not Really sure what to think of this game. Uh, I, I still think Houston will win, probably two-one. Who scores it? I don't really know, but uh, with, with the amount of good double game mid- with uh, double game week midfielders, I see. I'm just going to pass on Alex. And if you really want Torres, you can you can try that. I just don't think that's the matchup for this this week.
1: Yes, and in case people didn't understand the beginning of our show, uh, Torres did have a – he got hit in a a rough spot during his game, and uh, his solution after he got back up was to dump water on his crotch. So um, that was a gift that particularly interested Mike. (laughs) He liked it. Uh, Andrew, Houston's going up against Dallas. Uh, Big, big game, and I think one question that's on many people's minds is, is this the game that Diaz starts? I have I no idea on that.
3: Uh, go, ask, go ask Phil on that one. Um, but Dallas, away game in a double game week, ignore them all.
1: Ignore them all. That's the easiest note I'll make all night. Derek, New York. Red Bulls? Yep. All
2: right. um, They're home yeah, probably, versus NYCFC no, in the Derby game this week. I don't really know what to think of the Red Bulls this week. Um, Like you all said earlier, Klustin looked really good when pushed back deep, but they they missed a lot of chances down, I mean up a man until about 88th minute when Wright Phillips scored. They're they're just not scoring the amount of goals we're used to them. Scoring, they only score about a goal a game. So I either see a draw or an NYCFC win from this. As for the score, hmm. If it's a draw, 1-1. If it's a win, NYC, 2-1. But um, the only players I'd pick from this are questioning and BWP. But in a single game week, uh, I'm just avoiding them both.
1: Well, that moves us right to New York City FC. Mike?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, the benefit is that we've had an opportunity to watch them play uh, one match um, because they played in the Open Cup which Red Bulls won, uh, won nothing. Um, and what struck me about that match was, first of all, that the press continued to ha- cause problems in the back, and that's how they eventually scored. But New York City's defense was a lot better than last year In after the turnover created by the press, shutting down the opportunity. And moreover, if they could beat the press, they got downfield and created some, some great chances. Tommy McNamara should have, slash may have actually scored. Um, And then David great hit off the crossbar before uh, Max Morales left at halftime, and and that was pretty much the end of the game for New York City. Um, But yeah, I don't think Red Bulls press causes enough problems where I don't think in a single game week to double game week that I would pick any New York City players. Um, But I wasn't impressed enough with Red Bulls, um, considering New York City without Chanel and without Herrera. Um, that I would pick up really either of these players. I I think 1-1 one, one draw. Um, I mean, I, I could see you going with a punt for the Red Bulls side considering the history of, of dominating New York City. But um, based on the U.S. Open Cup, I, I don't see too much um, either way as far as blowing them out that you would want to pick them over a double game week team. So um, probably pass, 1-1. One, one.
1: Okay, Derek, Philadelphia back at home, and they're going up against DC in their second game. Uh, anything here worth picking?
2: No, I might as well just sleep through this game. <laughs> I, I have about zero interest in watching it and zero interest in picking anyone from that game.
0: What? what, what is is Jason one interested one? in this game? Jason, Probably. are you interested in this game? <laughs> mm. I guess not. <laughs>
1: Scoreline prediction.
2: I have it as 1-1. Uh, DC is finally going to score a goal in open play again. Or, <laughs> or so we think. It's been about 10 hours since they scored a goal in open play. Okay. Mike, Columbus.
0: Like I said earlier, I really like this matchup for Columbus. Uh, I think the, the big problem here is Ola Kamara hasn't been as good and this is a week that, you know, there's so many midfielders. But, if I mean, if you want to go differential, I think Mira and Higuain um, are, are some interesting options. Montreal can't keep anything out of the back of the net. Um, I, I think this could easily be 3-1 uh, Columbus. So, there, there are some points here. Um, may, maybe, you know, p- people in the show league might be interested in this matchup. I don't think for F- FMLS with the double game weeks, there's a whole lot with uh, Ola Kamara. Um, not being as, as good as he was last year. But I mean, maybe he could go a Kamara as a differential because this is really a scarce week for Fords. Oh,
1: that'd be brave. Well, they're facing up against Montreal. Andrew, how do you think they are looking? Pass. <laughs> you know, I thought your last answer was going to be the easiest note that I made, but that is easier. <laughs> What's the score line for you? Uh, I'm going to say three to one for Columbus. Oh, all right. In agreement. Well, Mike, back to you. Vancouver, what do you make out of them? Mm. Oh, Jason, what are you doing here? Uh, I
0: mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they're at Minnesota, maybe 1-1. They, they seem to have, like, random goals from random people. You can't really pick any of them. Um, with Waston out, they're not really dependable. Maybe Parker, but, I mean, defense on the road now. You're not picking any of these players. Um. And let's
1: just be fair. I mean, Let's not just bash all these teams. The the reason I think a lot of us feel that Vancouver is so hard to pin down is because of that inconsistency there, that they're they're not always scoring with the same people. The midfield's not always producing with assists or producing much of anything with any consistency. Um, And you've had some nice things happen in the back line from time to time, but there's nothing there from a fantasy point of view that you can really grasp onto and say, this I can reasonably expect could be a result. Yeah, I mean –
0: yeah i mean they're a low scoring team they're a low scoring team with not a consistent number one offensive threat so you're probably looking at them scoring one goal maybe two at best and they're not coming from the same people and you can't reasonably dependably pick where that offensive power is coming from and then on the defensive end you only have a few players who can put up consistent bonus points but they also have Watson out, and he's been really important for their back line. So it's, I mean, really, you know, in fantasy, is about picking consistent. Who can I depend on to get me good results? Who presents a good chance um, to get me those points? And, I mean, Vancouver's like a bad version of Dallas for fantasy-wise. You just don't know where the goals are coming from. Not really sure if they can put up consistent bonus points. So most of the times you have to pass.
1: Okay, and probably everyone's favorite single-game week team, Derek, Chicago.
2: Chicago is the opposite of what Mike said about Vancouver. We know <laughs> what goals are coming from. They put up a lot of bonus points. They actually have two players above 100 points right now. Uh, Nemanja Nikolic is just tearing up this league. 13 goals this year, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's right.
2: Yeah, and he's, play- he's going to be playing against the tired Orlando team, traveling from Seattle all the way back to Vancouver. As an Orlando fan, I have about zero hopes from this game because they were pretty pretty good when it was 11-11 in Orlando a few weeks ago and somehow couldn't score against nine men. I still don't know how that was a draw. I'm going to predict 2-0 to Chicago. If you want any players, first of all, Nikolic, 10.5. If you can't find a good second forward option, he's, he's probably the best single-game forward out there. Mm. Let's see, If you really want Schweinsteiger, you can have him. He's been putting up really good numbers. Mira, they're, they're just a really good team, and they could win the East this year. They haven't lost since April.
1: Yeah, they've, they've been impressive. They've been impressive. I'm really happy to see it because they they struggled for a little while.
2: No, they, they just made the right signings. Uh, they're, they're yeah. all their signings this year It's just been fantastic
0: well Derek I read that Atlanta was gonna win the East this year so I don't know what you're talking about with Chicago
2: oh
1: Curtis <laughs> <laughs> all right Andrew sporting Kansas City
3: uh, yeah single game week away no thank you um, the one interesting thing I'll say about them is that they actually have the highest share of possession out of any MLS team which shocked the crap out of me when I saw that stat earlier today hmm. That is surprising. I know, right? They're beating New York, Seattle, Columbus, the other New York, all teams that people think of when they think about teams that hold possession a lot, but Kansas City leading the pack.
1: Now they can only score, right? Oh well. What about score line? Score line, I'll say two to one. Two to one LA.
0: Yeah. Got
1: it. All right, Mike, San Jose.
0: Um it's a week short on forwards. RSL is a terrible defense. Um, clearly, Wandelowski is your pick. Um, no, not really. No, the, the, I don't think there's anything here. Um, RSL just got Glad back. I think they're a little bit better defensively. Um, while San Jose could still do pretty well, and maybe you can see a goal. Um, I, I don't think there's much. This is probably a 1-1 game. San Jose's just been on really bad form. Um, the spark that they had at the beginning of the year just seems to have gone out. So, um, I mean, maybe Lima in the back if you're short on cash for a defender um, since RSL has Rusnak out, but I I think you're passing from this game.
1: All right, and Andrew, last game, Real Salt Lake, and we didn't mention their goal uh, in in this past week. uh, Just dumb luck, I think I have to say, so I don't know if there's really much we can take (laughs) from that goal as far as leading into the San Jose game.
3: I didn't see it, so I will have to take your word on that. Uh, just to amend my last score line, I want to say one-one draw for the Kansas City game. Okay. Um, yeah, but Salt Lake—they're bad. Even if they were on a double game week, I still wouldn't be picking anybody from them. So, ignore them on a single game week when they are away for sure. Score line. Uh, I don't even know who they're playing, but I'm going to predict Salt Lake loses three to one.
1: <laughs> they're playing San Jose.
3: Yeah, three to one, San Jose. They're doing it this week. All right, so you like Wando as a pick, okay? No, I just hate Salt Lake that much. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Okay. Sorry to beat up on you after uh, this weekend.
1: Ouch. It's okay. He'll forgive you. Okay, guys, moving on to our player picks. Uh, I think we already covered it. Is there anybody else besides Atlanta, maybe Minnesota, that you would consider having four players from from a single team? No. Nope. All right, three knows. There we go. Those are your your one team, definitely Atlanta. Maybe Minnesota. Let's go to the keeper picks, Derek.
2: Right now, I have Alec Can. Uh, my other pick would be probably Stephen Fry. Uh,
1: okay, Mike.
0: I have Can, and for some reason, I have Diop as backup.
1: You are an interesting person.
0: That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Probably delete him. Cheap, that's
1: probably it. What about you, Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. I was waiting for it. Okay, Mike. Who do you like for defense?
0: Um, honestly, probably no one outside of Gonzalez Perez. But I have Cole and um, Jones in my lineup right now with him. Andrew.
3: I have LGP and Jones as well, and whoever I can afford from Minnesota. That's fair. Derek?
2: I also have Gonzalez Perez and Jones. And for the third one, I'm deciding between Calvo and Van Dam.
1: Okay. Andrew, midfield. Midfield. A lot of good picks
3: in midfield this week. Uh, right now, I have Ladero, Valeri, Almiron. Molino, and Alessandrini.
1: Derek? Right
2: now I have Almarone, Valeri, Molino, Alessandrini, and Ibsen.
1: Okay, yeah. And Mike?
0: Uh, I have Almiron, Alessandrini, Valeri, and Ladero like the other guys, but I have Roldan as my fifth mid. Oh,
1: Why'd you go with that one?
0: Um, look at his production the last few games. Um, his, his last few are six, three, seven, 11, 4, 9, and 10. Um, he's been really tearing it up. Um, and, and some of those are without um, goals and assists. Um, so, I mean, he's been a produce- – to, to me, he has a higher ceiling than, um, you know, Ibsen or uh, Molino. Um, I don't like Molino's inconsistency. And uh, I, I really like Seattle's matchup against uh, Orlando. Plus, um, Roldan's gone 90 minutes, both double game weeks.
1: <laughs> All right. Mike, who do you like for, or sorry, Derek, who do you like for your forward?
2: Right now, I have Martinez and Nikolic.
0: Mike. I have Martinez and Adi.
1: And Andrew.
3: I have Ramirez and Martinez if he starts, if not, Vialba.
1: Very fair. And Captain Mike. Almiron. Andrew. Almiron. Almiron. Derek?
2: Three for three, I got Almiron.
1: All right, very nice. And the new thing that we're doing, uh, which teams do you think, team or teams, Do you think has the best chance at a clean sheet, Andrew? Uh, I'm going to pick Atlanta,
3: and then I'm going to pick Atlanta.
1: Okay. For the double game week. Yep. (laughs) It works this time. Derek?
2: Definitely Atlanta. They, They can get two clean sheets this week.
1: And Mike?
0: I will say Atlanta as well, but the other team I think has a good shot is um, the L.A. Galaxy. Um, Diop is bad, but almost as bad as Diop's keeping is Colorado and, San- and Sporting Kansas City's uh, offense, especially when they're on the road. So um, I think if you're not wanting to board the Atlanta train, uh, L.A. is the way to get up.
1: Yeah, so for you, Derek and Mike, or you, Derek and and Andrew, I'd like you to pick one more team because, obviously, if we're loading up with four players from Atlanta, two of them are probably going to be attacking players, so you can't run a two-man back line. If it's not Atlanta, who else do you like?
2: I kind of like Seattle. Um, I'm I'm not really expecting Orlando to put out that great of a lineup tomorrow. And, like I said, Seattle is beating us pretty easily both games. Combined score, 7-1 to since Orlando came in MLS.
1: Okay. Andrew?
3: I guess I would pick Philly
1: versus DC because it's DC. Okay all right mix it up i like it well thank you guys so much for giving those picks and thank you everyone who was listening i hope you found helpful information from all of this now moving on to community time the r slash fantasy mls top score was hope yates manager of vocal fry with 123 points that's an awesome score just six off of the top uh congrats that's that's great that's great way to go way to go uh, now moving down to the Patreon League, RJ Gage holds on to his lead, uh, even though he got to draw this round with a record of 10-3-2. and 2. But there are now three players who are tied for second place, including yours truly, uh, with a record of 10-1-4. and 4. So, RJ, we are right on your heels. You better hope that you win your next game and that we win ours is what we hope. As well, so but now my favorite league, the hosts head-to-head league, MLSFI host league. Um, it was it was a great round. Nothing really changed. So uh, Andrew, you're still at the top of the table. Fantasy football twenty-four-seven is still second, just on on a little bit of a score, a little bit of the wins, draws, and losses right there. And then I'm third, so I'm right on their their heels uh, this week. Mike, you went up against fantasy football first, and
0: and uh, because of the switcheroo failure um, and leaving five points, I lost by one point. At this point, I'm just ready to liquidate my team. It's It's been rough. I had to have this year. Losing by one point just oh, hurts so much. You're
1: killing me, Smalls. Well, Andrew also had a tight game with his match against Guy.
3: Yeah, that uh, non-call on the offsides really won me that matchup.
1: So thanks, A.R., <laughs> <laughs> he won that one 98 to 96. I took on Tim from Soccer Captains. Uh another tight game. Uh, 91 is what Tim had, 101 is what I had, so just 10 points right there. Ivan from Fantasy Football first took on Simon. Uh he won 94 to 82. Kind of getting getting a little less tight, but still pretty tight. Uh Phil took on Ben Bear from MLS and just edged it out 109 to 100. Phil had the highest score. Of the round from our league, uh, and that's another tight game. He needed that points. Uh, Blaine took on Andrew Weeby, who put up a decent score this round, a ninety-seven to eighty. That was a happy Father's Day gift for Blaine right there. And then Jason Wiskovich beat Travis ninety-seven to eighty-six. So this is a very competitive league for those of you who do listen long enough to follow this. I think you said, Mike, you think everyone here is in the top three hundred at least.
0: Yeah, I think everyone outside of a weeby and Simon, well, I think are top uh, of of the in like top. Because I I think I'm like I mean I'm I'm the second worst or third from the bottom of the table, and I mean I'm I'm at th- overall rank three hundred one. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's been pretty competitive. So, I mean, it's a lot been a lot of fun. It's good to check those scores. I check the MLS FI head-to-head league to figure out if I'm doing well in the weekend. Right. <laughs>
1: that's, that's the league I check throughout the round. I'm like, oh, three three games have been played. Oh, that's getting tight. I do that. Well, next round, round 17, some more good games. I am taking on Guy Sanchez. Andrew is taking on Mike. Ooh, big game right there. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Travis. Come on, man. We're, we're rooting for you. Jason is taking on Andrew Weeby. Congratulations, Jason, on your win. Blaine is taking on Ben Bear. Phil is taking on Simon. And Ivan is taking on Tim. So more fun games will be had in this next round that we can talk about next week. Well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Guys, do you have anything you want to plug, Andrew?
3: Yeah, not something of mine, but something that I really enjoy. Uh, If you're looking for a new soccer podcast, I definitely recommend checking out The Play Podcast by Bobby Warshaw. It's in the Howler network of podcasts, and it's amazing. So uh, it's a bunch of current players and ex-players talking about what it's like to be a player and breaking down key plays of games. It's a really fun listen. Hmm,
1: That sounds good. Derek? No, I think we got it this week. All right, and Mike.
0: Uh, At MLS Injury News, um, thanks for sending in your tweets about injuries and stuff. I always appreciate it.
1: And thank you all you guys for being on the show with us tonight. Uh, Please check out MLSFantasyBoss.com to check out all the charts and articles that several of us contribute to on this podcast. Also check out... The posts that Travis and I have popping up over at the official MLS Fantasy site uh, with tips for this game week. And then head on over to r slash fantasy MLS, the Reddit subreddit community that we have because there is always good conversation going on there with charts and tips and links from anything that is fantasy or soccer related that may impact your fantasy team as well as rating of your team. And if you need a shoulder to cry on, we have a thread for that too. So... Head over, check out all this information. It'll be a great round. Remember, it starts on Wednesday. Good luck.